Okay. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we should do a dead wrong about the stuff that you left in last episode because I thought you were gonna cut it. <laughs> yeah, if if we want to, yeah, you can just you can just you know lambaste me for ten minutes or something. Well, no, it's it's um, really like I was talking about Drake last week. Yeah. Um, and I called him toxic, yeah. which I I kind of I regret because it's not that wasn't really the right um the right word because really what I was getting at was that I I like Drake's music a lot, but I also feel a little bit weird about listening to him considering the somewhat sketchy stuff that he has done in the past. Like you have the whole uh, Millie Bobby Brown thing that can be viewed as a form of grooming, right? And then you have like, remember that concert um, footage from like a number of years back where he was like basically hitting on a an underage like a minor and then like he asked the girl how old she was and it was very clear that she was a minor but he kept doing it anyway so yes i do remember that now that you mentioned that yeah so you know some problematic stuff there mm-hmm. uh but maybe toxic wasn't quite the wasn't didn't quite nail the what i was going for so i just you know wanted to correct that yeah i, I think we did mention uh briefly some of his weird ass behavior mm-hmm. uh so. Like there's even a line on um, Certified Lover Boy on one of the tracks where it's like, we need more teenagers up in this crowd or something. Like Ooh, it's just, it's ew, just, I don't ew. know. It's just uh, the context, ew. the context there might be, I don't know, but it just, some stuff seems off with what he's done, uh, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm going to have to splice in the, uh, the sound drop. What, what do you mean? The, the, the dead wrong. The, the, that's the one, that's like the one segment where I actually have a thing for Oh, it. that's right. That's right. Yeah. I jumped right <laughs> into it sl- without you I'm having the chance to. No, it's to... okay. It's okay. Yeah. Hey, what up? It's the Dead Road Show. Yeah. We're, we're back. <laughs> Episode 33. Um, might be a light one, but the last time we said that, uh, we went for like over two hours, uh, and I had to cut it down. Um, but I really feel like, <laughs> cause I brought nothing. <laughs> I brought nothing because, uh, I, I didn't do anything this week. Like I, yeah. Um, yeah, this is mostly my stuff. It is. I'm it excited is. You're about really, it. You're, you're really, uh, carrying the content of the show right now. Yeah. I'm ready um, to go. Yeah. We got a new so segment, let's... which we don't have a name for yet, but. Do, do we? Well, I mean, sort of, right? It, it's the movie uh, segment that oh, we're doing. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, I just figured since we've done that a lot that, uh, yeah, but no, you're right. We don't have. Um, hmm. So, yeah. So do we want to start with that? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what this is, um, and we're going to be talking about Pig today, uh, the movie directed by Michael Sarnowski starring uh, Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do like a series, sort of like what we did, you know, for Halloween. Um, a series with, uh, you know, highlighting films from this year uh, because we are like in the early stages of award season right now. So mm-hmm. I thought it'd be appropriate to take a look at some of the the years. Uh, so, you know, we'll hit like the, the big awards players, but I also want to maybe um, highlight some under the radar movies too. Yeah, sounds good. Did you see this? one before no um no i was holding off i was waiting yeah okay yeah Um, so this movie is on hulu currently um if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it um i have to mention like the one thing that's weighing on me here is the single piece of feedback we received during the halloween the horror harvest Mm -hmm. series which was that it was um incomprehensible basically (laughs) yes yeah but that's i think because we didn't um sort of really give uh, a plot rundown of the movie so if you hadn't seen the movie it was uh harder to follow the discussion 
Yeah. Um, which which was a, a good piece of feedback. Definitely. Um, and even though that was in our heads, I think the last time uh, we, we did not do that. And we cut, actually cut that out because that was the Titan. Yeah, we had a uh, conversation about Titan. <laughs> yeah, we, we mentioned the episode before that that we were going to talk about it. And then it just never yeah. showed up. Um, so if anyone happens to like watch that movie in anticipation, I doubt it. But if that happened, like if you watch Titan expecting to hear a... Uh, our thoughts on it um that was that was left on the cutting room floor so yes yes um mostly because i had no idea where to put it in mm-hmm. um and you and you you thought it was a ter- it was terrible it was terrible and you know it should never see the light of day um i didn't think our it was conversation by the way not the movie the movie itself the is, conversation. Is, is pretty good but yeah our conversation yeah. was kind of rough um well, it was because we also had done it like a two-hour show, and then we're like, okay, well, this doesn't fit in the show, so let's talk about it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like so out of steam talking mm-hmm. about this uh, very bizarre movie. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think if anybody had seen Titan, they would not, they could not follow that whatsoever. No, definitely not. Um, yeah. So like for, for this and going forward, I do want to like, uh, maybe not get in the weeds as far as like details of the movie, but maybe just talk about it like more broadly. Um, so it's more like accessible, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, pig, this is a, uh, I think like a deconstruction or a subversion of what you would get in like a, uh, a typical like revenge story or, or, you know, revenge action movie. Think like John Wick type thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely has shades of of John Wick, especially since that's sort of a a more recent, um, you know, movie. Uh, And it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if it's um, like doing the thing where it's like almost like rehabbing an actor who was like sort of seen as a joke for a while. Right. Um, Um, No, I don't think so, because I I feel like Nicolas Cage has found his um, his niche in in like making a very specific type of movie. And he's been making a lot of them over the past like half decade. No, I, I would agree. But like if if he hadn't done Mandy like a couple of years back, mm-hmm. that movie. I feel like this would have been like, oh, Nicolas Cage. Oh, serious role. Like, oh, he's like, you know, this is his this is his thing now. Um, in the same way that uh, John Wick for Keanu was like, oh, right, he can be an action star still. He's not just like the the doofy dude, you know, Bill and Ted, whatever the fuck. Yeah, I mean... Because it, I- it had been like, you know, almost 20 years since The Matrix. Right. So he had sort of uh, faded from, um, you know... I guess maybe like the broader public consciousness. Uh, so, so do you think I, the I, the new Matrix movie happens without John Wick? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, maybe not in the form it is. I don't know. I'm not like super versed in the Matrix. Like I've only seen the first one, and that was like I saw it for the first time very recently. Like it was a couple years ago, or mm-hmm. maybe last year was pandemic year. Um, they're all pandemic years now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think so. Because I don't think without him doing John Wick and then sort of being this like meme god now, mm-hmm. where like everybody loves him, uh, yeah, I don't know if he would have had the same the same pull, the same draw, um, and maybe the Matrix would have been rebooted in a way that was not in like somehow the Wachowskis weren't involved, right? It was just like the studio trying to reboot uh, a twenty year old franchise. Yes. You know? Um, so yeah, I think, I think Keanu's, you know, resurgence allows that to, uh, not like give it legitimacy, but like give it, um, more steam than it definitely would have had otherwise. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, and that seems like a really good thing because the early uh, reactions to the new Matrix uh, started coming through last night. It seems seems very positive. Mm hmm. Yeah, I would need to, I would need, because it, it's apparently very, like, you know, Matrix lore heavy. And so I feel like I would need to see the other sequels from the 2000s. Yeah, me too. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so, but anyway. so yeah, anyway, Pig. Um, so yeah, we've got Nicolas Cage. He's living in the woods in the cabin uh, with his truffle hunter pig. Um, and then, uh, you know, we get a good like 15 minutes of, of like just, you know, introducing us to the world that he's living in, his, his own uh, very isolated world. Um, mm -hmm. And then in the middle of the night, uh, he is robbed and what's taken from him is his pig. So he has to set out on this uh, this journey to uh, to get his beloved pig back yeah that that's that's basically that's basically the plot and um throughout it he has to uh abandon his isolation uh in a way in order to find out what happens to the pig mm -hmm. um yeah i think i think that's basically it. this this is a much more straightforward movie than you know some of the other things we we talked about so it's it's sort of uh, an easier plot to just sort of give the bare bones of, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, an easier uh, plot, but I think it's pretty surprising in what the movie chooses to focus on and sort of like the purpose that's like driving it, if, if that makes sense. Because um, like this is like a very deeply existential movie and it's very like meditative and um, it's just looking at like the synopsis and oh, Nicolas Cage uh, and, and just, the, you know, on, on the surface, what you would expect something like this to be, um, mm -hmm. you might be pretty surprised by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, it, it is definitely not what you expect. Like you get, you hear that plot, and you do think John Wick, or you do think Mandy that he did a couple years ago, which mm -hmm. was basically a uh, uh, you know neon soaked acid trip uh, revenge story um, that that you know had basically similar plot set up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, except it wasn't, you know, an animal. It was his wife or, or partner or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> these movies, those two movies couldn't be like more different at all. Um, I didn't, I didn't know what they wanted you to think about his character, you know? Well, what do you mean? Like, so it's, it's originally set up that he's, you know, sort of like this mountain man out in the cabin, mm -hmm. literally eating dirt, um, you know, just looking for truffles with the pig. And that's sort of his existence, right? Mm -hmm. And his only contact is the, 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 the Roman Roy that he sells the truffles to. Yeah, that's, um, uh, by the way, that's Alex Wolf, and I believe he was the star of Hereditary, right? That was him? Am I wrong about that? Let me, let me do a quick, let me do a quick. It doesn't quick... look anything like him. Uh, yes, definitely him. Definitely him. That's the, uh, really? yeah, it's the guy from Hereditary. It's amazing what a haircut will do. <laughs> no, he's, he's got, he's like playing these parts. Um, I've seen him in a couple things, and it's like he, he plays these characters that you can't 100% take seriously, but at the same time, like, I don't know. It's just, I, I think he's very good. He's very good in this movie. But yeah, so that that's like the Nicolas Cage's character. That's like his one, um, the one person that he interacts with, and he's not even interacting with him the first time that they they meet in the film. Right. Yeah. Um, but they have the standing appointment where every Thursday he comes and gets the truffles. Mm -hmm. and it, it it they make it seem like he's not even like selling them. He's just sort of trading them for supplies. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that's the setup with these two characters, and they're 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 the main they're the main uh you know characters here. And um, this is getting off my point, but uh, 
would you would you consider this to be like a road trip movie? Um, mm, that's that's a good question. Um, you know, like I would say less road trip movie than almost like a weird version of a buddy comedy in parts. Yeah. Um, but like considering the contrast between the two characters, because like you have Nicolas Cage, who's like, uh, you know, living in the woods, doesn't, you know, just like has completely separated himself from society and like his past life. And then you have Alex Wolf's character who is like this uh, this like salesman who's like, you know, running around the city. He's got he's like networking. He's got the suit. He's got the the yellow like, uh, um, you know, Cam- Camaro Camaro. And he's you know, yeah. he's he's like the complete opposite. Right. And just like yeah. the dynamic between the two, especially as the movie like goes along and how that changes and like how they interact, it's it it does it's very comedic in parts. Like it's a very serious mm-hmm. movie, but it can also be very funny. Like very like yeah. very dry sense of humor to it. Yeah, it's very it's very like odd couple, but like not not played up to that extent. Mm-hmm. But it's just like this mis- mismatch of uh, two people um, who who end up bonding over. I, <laughs> I guess they just end up bonding like you know it's like not even a specific thing well it's over grief um, over grief and 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 loss right and because there is I a shared there is a shared grief to to the two characters uh yeah that part i had a hard time following really okay yeah um so so like nicholas cage's relationship to his mother like I, I I was very confused okay so I guess at this point we do have to get into spoilers a bit like just some plot details yeah um so yeah the way this movie sort of unravels its its backstory for for the Nicolas Cage character I, I thought was like really um impressive because like it's it's all happening through uh because because you know Nicolas Cage has to go back to the city he used to live in and he's got to interact with all these people that he used to know in order to find his pig and you're, you're learning more about him with each interaction um and so the from what we learn uh he he's a chef a very renowned chef like you know everybody that works in the culinary industry around the city knows his name yeah um even though he's been out of the scene for a decade living in the woods but um yeah it turns out that uh alex wolf character his parents uh had this date uh years back that they went on and uh they went to a restaurant for this date and nicholas cage's character was the chef Okay. And so he's the one that, you know, prepared their food. And so for those, for those, for that couple, for his parents, uh, this is like a date that they really look back on fondly because they had a great time together and they really enjoyed the food. Whereas typically they end up arguing when they're on a date. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, this is like a really like, uh, like sentimental, like memory for for alex wolf's character for his his father um because it just it, it just brings back a really happy time in their life so that that's where yeah. that all comes into play that connection okay i missed some of that yeah um because it was like well why does why does the mom care so much about this you know dude in the woods like yeah yeah, because he, he makes other... a really good, um, I, don't, I forget what they ate, but he makes a really good, like, omelet or whatever the hell. Yeah, it was some kind of, some kind of bird. He cooked a whole bird, like a little bird. Oh, that's right. It was a bird, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, like, the the whole, like, them preparing dinner, right, is sort of like, if you if you look at this as a subversion of a revenge film, because mm-hmm. um, Nicolas Cage is trying to get his pig back, and he's, he's doing one final attempt, and it's to win over the guy who has his pig by preparing him this dinner that means a lot to him. It's like in a revenge film, this would be like the big like confrontation, right? Like the big like action sequence or, you know, the climax. But yeah. but instead you have this character making chicken, 
for for this guy and it's just like it's so different from what you would expect yeah where the goal isn't to like kill him or tie him up and get the information out of him it's to cook him a dinner that just makes him cry and break down yeah <laughs> completely <laughs> It, it 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 was just it was just strange to me how everybody that he interacts with either has this like fondness for him or respect for him whenever he's just like blowing everybody off. Mm-hmm. It's like well, why is why is anybody putting up with this guy? Well, because he's like uh, you know who's the modern day equivalent? He's like um, Gordon Ramsay. It's like if Gordon Ramsay just went out and lived in the woods for a decade, you know, he comes back, but he's still Gordon Ramsay. I guess <laughs> no. I don't know, because, like, we're just we're just kind of eventually we get that he's a chef. But like at the beginning, we're just sort of told that he's this dude whose name carries like all this weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the one guy they, they meet who like some shady broker guy who is actually organizing a fight club uh, so tells tells the kid he's like, do you even know his real name? And it's like, oh, his real name is just a longer version of the name that he was using already. Like, it's not like. <laughs> Like, like, like the kid just kept calling him Rob, right? Right. And then his name is Robin Floof or whatever. Uh, Felds, right? Oh yeah, Felds. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, not well, Floof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he wasn't, you know, using like an alias or a pseudonym, right? Right. He was just, he was just Rob instead of Robin. Like, it's not like, <laughs> so that was kind of weird to me. Um... Yeah, it's just like everybody's putting up with this dude who hasn't showered in God knows how long. Uh, he's bleeding out the face uh, progressively throughout the movie. Uh, and people are just like, yeah, man. And then this is before they even know who he is. And then whenever he has to say his name like Heisenberg, which is a weird dynamic, uh, then they treat him like he's this, uh, you know, this royalty, uh, even as he's like, you know, blowing them off or whatever. Um, did he have to, did he have to write his name so large on the, on the fight club board? (laughs) I I think it was for the camera. I think it was so the camera could pick it up because it was very dark in there. Um, yeah, like that was a whole, that was a weird scene. Yeah. So it's not a fight club as much as it is like you sign up and then you basically have to survive getting beaten up and not fighting back for however long it takes. And then you earn some money as far as I understand. I think they, yeah, they said it was for restaurant employees. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I don't know if that's like, like a, 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 like a deep dark joke about how restaurant employees are like under so much stress that they need to beat the shit out of homeless people. Like I didn't, I, I, I didn't know what was going on there. Well, yeah, now that like, you I mentioned it, I, 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 so, so was he doing this back when he was a chef? Because it would be weird to be like this top chef and then to just like go into this underground fight club and just get the shit kicked out of you. Right. But he has a reputation for the one it. doing the beating. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what the situation was. They just kind of gloss over it. Yeah, that's true. Um, it was cool though. But yeah. <laughs> but, and, 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 the, and the whole purpose was that Nicholas Cage thinks that this will, like, this is how he'll get information. And it turns out that they did, he got an address or whatever from it or something mm-hmm. on this wild pig chase. Um, but yeah, it was very strange. It was like th- the movie has like two moments of violence. And that's when the pig is taken and then the fight club. Uh, and and the fight club feels so out of place with the rest of the movie. Um, and it seems like it was just a, like a, a, another way to make Nicolas Cage like look like an absolute fucking mess. Like more than he already did with the 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 grimy, uh, you know, leader hosen or not the leader hosen, like long johns he's wearing. 
uh, you know, and, and, the, and the beard and the hair and like, the, uh, you know, this unkempt dude. So then now after the fight club, he's, he's just bleeding completely from the face. Uh, you know, he's bruised up or whatever. Um, and like, that's also what spurns like the initial, like heart to heart that he has with the kid somehow it does yeah because they they go back they go to a hotel where he is finally able to take a shower i think it was his i think it was his place oh was it his like apartment okay yeah because he because he pulls out like frozen peas or whatever so oh right yeah because i i I did originally think it was a hotel because it was very you know like modern and clean you know like that which by the Um, way just just as an aside i think we've we've definitely gotten back to a point where if if someone is listening and they haven't seen the movie this is this is incomprehensible again (laughs) So I pop- is it because because like we're explaining a, a scene in relation to the plot, aren't we? I don't know. I I think the the it's gotten to my head. The <laughs> sure, yeah, but um, well, and I think if the if the Fight Club thing is kind of confusing, it's because it sort of is in the movie. Um, it feels really out of place for this sort of contemplative, I guess, character piece. I mean, it, um, it does and it doesn't to me because it's like you have the two sides to the city, especially like the culinary, you know, community in the city. Like you have the public facing, you know, fine dining um, view of it. But then you have like the grittier side of it um, where it's like, you know, the the eventual person that has Nicolas Cage's pig almost comes across as like a like a mob boss. Right. Right. And he's just like running the entire the entire thing. And, and it's like there's a lot of like uh a truffle empire the truffle empire yeah it's like um there's a whole lot of like you know people under his control and and being taken advantage of and you have like the whole underground thing and it's it's all like out of the public eye but it's it kind of fits with like i don't know the nicholas cage character that's that's running around town and just like everything like there are two sides to it but i kind of feel like it works I, I think that's like my biggest struggle of it though is that like it's it's meant to be like this this character portrait in a way mm-hmm. and I still don't really have a good grip of, of Nicolas Cage's character. Well, I, I mean, I feel like there was quite a bit of, of character, um, like, background given and, and, and like, you learn more as, as the movie goes on. Because, like, you know, it's this guy who is living out by himself because he is mourning the loss of his um, his partner, right? And you sort of, like, get into who he was before that, what he meant to the community, um, sort of, like, how he feels about society, essentially. Because, um, like, you have the first time that he's driving into the city you have like the sequence Mm -hmm. where you're seeing like all the lights and the skyscrapers and you're kind of looking at it through his eyes and it's kind of like it's kind of gross um because you're seeing like you know it's a typical city but it's like also like i don't want to be near any of this stuff like this is this is just like not like what's the point of all this you know mm-hmm. um and like the conversation he has with the head chef at that restaurant <laughs> where he just like completely he completely yeah. gets that guy uh like he just like reduces him to tears um yeah that was that seemed to be the strat for getting information about the pig was just in whatever way you could make whoever you're talking to cry totally yeah but it's like he makes this guy feel awful about himself and like question his life choices because it's like he's running this successful restaurant but it's like are you actually making the food that you like are you actually 
um, doing what, you know, you have a passion for. So it's like, he just yeah. like hates society and he's very jaded and he, he you know, <laughs> you have the whole story about how an earthquake is going to like level the city and nothing matters because we'll, we're all going to be underwater eventually. Um, I don't know. I feel like there were like insights to the character and they happen pretty organically because you're getting insights to the character, but you're also like seeing him confront these people and, and you're progressing the plot because he's, he's getting closer to finding his pig at the same time. Um, so I thought that worked pretty well. Like this stuff could be, it could have easily been, it could have felt contrived if the screenplay wasn't as well written as it was, I think. Cause like you have like Alex Wolf's character telling a story that directly comes back later on um, to to affect like the end of the movie, right? So it's like this mm-hmm. stuff could feel very contrived. All these characters like have connections to each other, um, but it, it kind of works for me, you know. It none of it felt forced. Um, I, no, I, I would agree with that. It, uh, I don't know. I just don't like. But by, by the end of the movie, like I I don't know. know like w- was there was there growth here, or is this just going to be a continued, you know? period of uh like mourning or whatever or like like I, I don't know like what what is the well he has that line where he's like after they realize the fate of his pig he's like well if i had never gone on this journey then in my head the pig would still be alive yeah right so i feel like that's kind of a summation of of where this movie ended up um i don't know if there was growth but there was definitely sort of like uh there's a lot of contemplating going on <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was like medit, you know, it was very meditative, but I don't know if there were answers given, which is fine. I think I think that works pretty well with what they were going. Yeah, for I'm, here. I'm not looking for you know like a very tidy like uh, five years later he returned to the city and opened up a restaurant. Like you know, I'm not like looking for something. Oh God, no. Yeah, that would as cheesy as that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just like wondering myself, like what, you know, what is the, what is their, like the status of the two characters at the end of the movie, you know? I think it just Um, comes down to them trying to better understand where their grief is coming from and maybe kind of like figuring out how they can reckon with that going forward, but not quite having the answers and still kind of being in it, you know? mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at the end of the movie, like for, for a second, I thought that, you know, Nicolas Cage's character was going to off himself, Mm -hmm. uh, as, as the two of them sort of part. Um, especially considering the, the way that they do. Yes. And then, uh, the kids reaction to it were like, maybe not necessarily a reaction to, to that, but just like maybe a reaction to the whole journey they were on together. Yes. Where he just then sits in his car and just fucking cries. Yep. Once again, Nicolas Cage making yeah. somebody cry, not directly this time, yeah. but still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it was strange. Because, like, he doesn't... There are only a couple instances where he even says a whole lot. The the most he ever says is that is that um, confrontation with the that head chef at the fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the most he says in the entire movie. Um, so it, it's just it's just strange, like this effect that he's having on people when he's kind of just there. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's um, there's there's body language. There's the performance. There's there's a lot going on with that character outside of just just dialogue. No, yeah, I understand. And it's rubbing off the on the people around act. him, too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't. Like they just seem to be like treating him like some sort of mirror, mm-hmm. and he's he's just this dude. But then like they're just like sort of reflecting all their shit onto him. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like a therapist, but like without saying anything or like 
I, I, really? I agree. Like that describes the um, the conversation with that head chef. I think that that very much describes that conversation. But if you're talking about like the Alex Wolf character, I do think there is like a progression with their relationship because in the beginning, he's like, yeah, this guy's an asshole. Um, I really don't want to be seen with him in the city because he, you know, probably smells awful. And he's just like, <laughs> he's just like this towering, bleeding uh, presence. Um, yeah. And I have a reputation to uphold, right? But um, by the end of it, he's like, he's like, uh, you know, sacrificing his own image to help him out. And he's, he's got a real connection with him, which I thought was, was a really nice, like, um, development of, like, their relationship. Well, I think that's where we get at the end. But, like, do you think that parts of it were that all of a sudden he now has this name that carries, like, this old cachet you know because like it, he didn't it was it was difficult to know whether the kid knew he was this exiled famous chef for me uh right um, because he mentioned to um his father who he was you know dealing with like in the whole truffle hierarchy um yeah he mentions who this is yes but then it's like it's treated i guess it's for the audience like it's treated as this reveal that he's this guy mm -hmm. but then but then now all of a sudden the kid is also acting like he's that guy now instead of the uh you know the bomb out in the woods um yeah that's a good point it's a little little bit um confusing there for sure yeah it, it was just it was just hard to follow maybe not narratively but just like character wise mm -hmm. like in the middle like what their relationship is and like emotionally like what the kid is trying to get out of this well i think that changes you know what I too mean? i think that changes part way through the movie Right, because as he learns, as he learns more about Nicolas Cage's character, I think his his own motivations change. Yeah. So yeah, like it's a little bit hazy, but at the same time, like this is a first. This is a debut screenplay. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's actually like I I I um was looking at and I have it in the show notes too. If we want to talk about it, the uh, Independent Spirit Awards the nominations mm -hmm. came out this week, um, which I always look forward to. Um, and this is up for a, a handful of um debut uh, awards. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that this is more of a thinker, like not in in a, in 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 the way where it's um you know like a surrealist uh whatever like something like Titan or you know um but it's it's it makes you contemplate you know you know what is specifically going on with these characters in the moment and then also in the, like the the grander scheme of uh you know their entire arc. Um, yeah, definitely. And I really appreciated that from it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I'm interested in more so than a revenge story, um, which I thought right. was great and, and refreshing. Yeah, I, th I think that is like its its strength is that it is set up in that way. And it's not necessarily like a beat by beats version, but it's just like, OK, you thought that this was going to be a, you know, a violent Nicolas Cage thriller where it's more like this, uh, you know, road trip drama. Mm hmm. Um, because yeah, like even, even the, even the Hulu, uh, the Hulu genre has it under thriller. Oh, interesting. It's like, yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's not, it's really not. No. Uh, so yeah, that was pick. Yes. So, um, for next week, <laughs> <laughs> um, for next week, if we are going to, we're going to continue this, this, uh, this series, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Um, I just, you know, double check, make sure you're on board. Um, <laughs> 
Hey, hey, we need we need something to talk about because I brought fucking nothing this week. So uh, yeah, so, yeah. So next week, um, I'm excited. I've been putting it off. Uh, Power of the Dog uh, on Netflix from uh, from mm. Jane Campion. Um, getting a lot of uh, award season buzz, a lot of recognition. Um, this is Jane Campion's first film in like almost two decades. Okay. Um, she she'd been working in TV quite a bit, um, but this mm. is her her mm. big return to cinema, which is very exciting. Um, it's it stars. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. Okay. And it, it seems to be like this, um, a, a, a different take on what you would expect from um, like a traditional Western is, is what I'm getting from it. So yeah, very excited about that. The Power of the Dog. It's, it's streaming on Netflix. All right. Sounds good. We'll be talking about that next week. Um, so do we want to stay in the, in the movie realm while we're... We might as well. Yeah, because everything else is going to be a hard transition so okay because i did um i did see another uh big film this week um which i want to touch upon a little bit um which is uh west side story Mm -hmm. from steven spielberg yeah uh this was my first trip to a movie theater uh since march of 2020 (laughs) (laughs) um and i did not ask you because i figured uh this might not be this might not be your thing uh, yeah, not so much. Um, yeah, so Steven Spielberg remade West Side Story, uh, almost, actually, is it exactly 60 years since the film that won a bunch of Oscars? Yeah, 1961, I believe, is the, uh, the original West Side Story film. Mm. Um, well, it was, it was a, it, it was, was a, a show stage first. play, right? Well, it was yeah. a stage play, uh, and then a, I, I believe a show in the 50s, and then a movie adaptation was made in 1961. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, and it won 10 Oscars that year. Um, yeah, this was, this is interesting. It's, it's kind of complicated. Uh, I, so I was listening to, um, a podcast, the big picture podcast, they were talking about it. And, um, someone on there mentioned how like, uh, musicals are their action movie. Like the way that people get excited for like big blockbuster action movies is, is how they feel about musicals, which I, I mm. honestly have to say, I, I'm pretty, I pretty much feel the same. Um, like seeing a really well choreographed like a uh, dance number is mm-hmm. is more interesting to me than like a big like action sequence yeah um so like for this to be the first movie i see on the big screen in in two years um it definitely delivered on that front like it was just visually stunning um the performances were great almost across the board there is one very notable exception um to that um mm. it costs a hundred million dollars to make so <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so they really did not hold back uh, when it comes to, like, you know, the set pieces and, and, and just, like, everything uh, visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the $100 million uh, cost is notable, too, because it, it performed uh, pretty pretty poorly in its opening weekend at the box office. It only made about $10 million, mm-hmm. which is a pretty rough start. Um, not totally unexpected, just based on, like, how other non, you know, non-superhero, non-blockbuster films have performed throughout the pandemic yeah um like that's that's usually why if it's not superhero or like fast and furious or whatever they usually don't cost 
in the realm of a hundred million dollars, like other movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. And this movie was actually held for an entire year. It was supposed to come out Christmas of of twenty twenty. Oh, okay. And so they held it, and it didn't really seem to pay off. Um, at least not yet. Like it could pick up steam. You know, we have the whole Christmas and New Year's weeks, uh, which are usually pretty big movie going weeks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's been critically acclaimed. So maybe like there's some word of mouth that could could allow it to pick up some steam. Um, you know, awards nominations. Um, yeah. stuff like that but uh yeah not a good opening weekend um and like honestly for musicals in general like in the summer uh we had in the heights uh from mm-hmm. you know lin-manuel miranda yeah that performed very poorly at the box office um that's a little bit different because it did premiere on hbo max day and date so while well, this oh, one okay. is is only in theaters mm-hmm. um but yeah when it comes to like expensive flashing musicals it's it's not been not been a big money maker this year which is kind of a shame because both like in the heights and this are are good films um and it's something that i'd like to see more of from hollywood but um yeah kind of a tough time uh is it is it the lack of like a big star draw well speaking of um i did say there's one notable exception to the performances and that would Uh be um ansel elgort who plays tony uh the you know i thought he was uh ostracized well, that's the thing. So yeah, he has public allegations of sexual misconduct uh, against him. and Like a lot of them. Yes. And, you know, these allegations came out well after the movie was made. And so they decided, really? was, I, I believe so. It was after the movie was made? I believe so. Because um, I thought his stuff was like a while ago. Okay. So you could be right about that. I just, I thought there was a decision made like, you know, by the studio or whatever. It's like, do we you know, refilm his parts because that's kind of tough because it's like he's the basically the star of the movie or one of them and they decided to keep him in it and yeah um you know so if people are choosing not to see this movie because of that that's a very valid reason um, i actually wasn't aware um until afterwards until i listened to a podcast about the movie um so i uh-huh. saw it not knowing anything about like those allegations oh okay yeah um but even just like his, his performance on its own is is uh mediocre at best um it's it's it really kind of like stands out as being the weak a weak mm-hmm. spot in the in the uh in the cast um i don't really understand why he was given this role to begin with um yeah yeah it's, it's pretty bad uh okay so it was 2020 i, I thought it might have been like 2019 yeah i mean this movie's uh, been sitting uh finished for a long time so i you know it was filmed quite a while back um so yeah you know that that's a that's a glaring dark spot on the whole the whole production you know yeah. like that that's really shitty to have the star of the movie be someone with that sort of history um on the flip side though okay. uh maria played by rachel zegler this is i believe her first uh her first screen role and she was extraordinary mm. um totally you know lifted uh elevated the scenes that she had with elgort and even just on her own like just a really terrific screen presence um charismatic just like nailed every you know every song every every scene she was in she was terrific um and the same thing for for ariana debose who plays the uh the very um well regarded well i mean the very i say well regarded but there's i'm gonna get to it there's it's a bit complicated but anita is like the character that everybody looks back on with the 60s film which who was played by rita moreno and and who won all those awards Mm -hmm. and so like there's an expectation right for that character uh in this remake and she was like a 
up for the task 100%. She was incredible. Um, so yeah, those performances are great. The movie is uh, extremely well-directed. Um, like, just like a really enjoyable first trip back to the theater for me. But the thing mm-hmm. I struggle with a bit is just like, has to do with West Side Story as a whole, not just the specific movie, but like its impact on like culture and like, you know. So like, I should mention the, the screenplay was written by Tony Kushner. Um, and as far as I know, there were no other writers involved, um, especially like mm. writers of like Puerto Rican descent or, you know, like Latino writers. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say that, you know, if you compare it to like the 60s film or like past versions of, of West Side Story, there are some good changes made to the screenplay that sort of update the story and move away from maybe some stereotypes and maybe more, you know, like less progressive uh, aspects of the story that that kind of like really wouldn't wouldn't work um Mm -hmm. so i I give credit to to tony kushner for making some smart changes that that do improve the 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 story as a whole right they are good changes they're improvements but at the same time i was listening to um this really good podcast called uh, latino rebel radio and they had a uh an episode on this this new west side story and they basically talked about how um this is the like the defining um story in pop culture for puerto ricans and it right. and it has been for 60 plus years now right so like in the 1960s mm-hmm. that was the case and even up until today there really aren't many notable stories that center around puerto ricans um like in hollywood made by hollywood right yeah um so it's like you can have you can remake west side story and you can even make smart changes to west side story that that do um that do away with some of the more harmful like stereotypes and representations in it but at the same time like you're still just telling this one story right um and when you think about it that way it's like huh did we did we actually need this you know like mm-hmm. like this is you know this is uh 2021 and we're still telling this story and it's still the one that defines an entire community when it comes to their representation in in film well how much of that is just sort of the the uh process of theater you know where the the same shows are put on for decades but the cast changes you know probably the the directors change mm-hmm. uh and and the show itself probably i'm not i'm not a big theater person but i'd imagine the shows also change uh with time and you know different um production teams so is is that just like looking at it as well, this is just, you know, this the, the, the current West Side Story. This is like the current cast. This is like, you know, for, for its, its quote unquote like run or whatever uh, until it's, you know, remade again. Um, and it's not even like in theater. You don't think of that as a, a remake, even though it's, you know, a completely different cast mm-hmm. and, you know, direction. Uh, it's just, yep, that's West Side Story. Like it's, this, it's you know, it's this it's uh, just this like enduring sort of thing. And like you see that, of course, with shows that don't have, you know, um, racial and cultural uh, significance, like fucking Phantom of the Opera or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, where they just, you know, keep going on and enduring. But the cast change. And so I think it's just like the uh, uh, maybe a separate mentality of adapting stage to film. And so the the reaction and the way that um the medium is sort of uh i guess analyzed is different where this this film version of west side story spielberg's west side story is considered a remake Mm -hmm. where in theater that word 
as far as I'm aware, does not exist whatsoever. Yeah, I should note um, that this um, this remake um, takes elements of one of the latest um, stage adaptations, mm-hmm. as well as elements from the original, and sort of like you know picks and chooses between them. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that um, is a that is an interesting point. Um, I don't necessarily know that it it changes maybe some of the problems that that go along with it, right? Like it's still, mm-hmm. I just it's it's wild that here we are, sixty years later, and and there are very few Puerto Rican centered films that Hollywood is, has come out with. Um, and it's like, maybe, yeah. maybe if they had, like, maybe if there was better representation in the past, you know, number of decades, then maybe we wouldn't need a remake of West Side Story, or maybe a remake of West Side Story wouldn't have as much riding on it as it seems to have without any of that representation, right? Mm hmm. So I don't know. I struggle. I struggle with that because, like, at the one on the one hand, I went to the theater. I had a really good time. I enjoyed the film. Um, but I also kind of like wrestle with the lack of progress. I think you know, in Hollywood, yeah. which is which is tough. But I, I just, I'm just wondering, like, how much of it is well? Obviously, there needs to be you know uh, a wider breadth of stories told about you know concerning uh, Puerto Rican people, um, especially because they're fucking U.S. citizens. Um, like yeah, it's, that's a whole other thing. But like, how much of this is just due to the fact that West Side Story is so so classic and so you know um, well known? Like, it, it, it's held in like this this regard because like, if I'm remembering correctly from having to read the the the, the you know the the um, script the the God the stage version in high school mm-hmm. like because isn't it just um, it's Romeo and Juliet a version of yeah it's Romeo and Juliet yeah. So, uh, like, it just has this, uh, you know, this lineage. Like, if it's picking up from Romeo and Juliet, it's like this totally enduring uh, type of story that way. Yeah, it's considered, like, Um, I've seen it referred to as timeless, right? Right. But I don't know if I agree Uh, with that. Sure. Yeah. Um, So I'm just, I'm just wondering if that is the more prevailing aspect rather than uh, if, if West Side Story is what's boxing out other you know puerto rican cultural stories from being told Mm -hmm. and i i don't know if that's the case yeah like that's why that's why i'm like i don't put the blame on this movie specifically Mm -hmm. right because like that wouldn't be fair i mean i there is some blame to put on it because you could have a more diverse writing room than just like tony kushner sure i mean he's a he's an acclaimed screenwriter and he you know he did a good job for the most part here but it's like you still need more representation behind the scenes behind the you know um, in, in the writer's room and whatnot, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a Hollywood problem. It's a, it's a wider mm-hmm. societal problem than it has to do with West Side Story. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, you know, is it a, a bigger problem that, uh, if Hollywood or, you know, uh, Broadway is looking for, uh, anything Puerto Rican now, it's just, oh, well, Lin-Mel Miranda's right there. <laughs> oh yeah. So, because he had two movies come out this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so is now he being like and I don't I don't know enough about uh his work really. Like I, I can't do the Hamilton shit. I just can't. Um but it's like now is he just gonna be the go to like for however many years, you know, for for that sort of representation, whenever, you know, that's now also narrowing the possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, is it, is it opening doors or is it just, is it just letting one person? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like, if you, you know, even just the changes to this cast, like Natalie Wood played a, a Puerto Rican girl in the uh, 1961 version. Right. So mm-hmm. 
to actually have like um, to actually have um, you know actors of, of Puerto Rican descent and, and you know Latino descent play these roles now is is an improvement on its own. But it's like, well, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah, like I said, it's 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 a complicated uh, a lot of baggage, a lot of uh, a lot going on with West Side Story. Um, mm-hmm. It it seems you can't adapt uh, something from a stage to a film without there being some kind of uh controversy you know whether whether it's just the fact that uh, you know well, you fans know, it, of the stage it's interesting version, uh, or... uh, another point that they made on the um latino rebels radio podcast was that there really isn't much controversy around uh this this remake of west side story outside of the ansel elgore thing like that's a separate thing that's you know um yeah but like as far as the film itself and like the acclaim it's receiving and the sort of the narrative like you know mainstream media has for you know around it um it's been pretty universally positive and so it's like mm-hmm. you know they're talking about a perspective like the puerto rican perspective um the cultural like the impact that the story has had on 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 culture over the years and continues to have and like that narrative isn't that perspective isn't really being discussed much in in like mainstream media so you can kind right. of like look at the reception to this film and be like oh yeah everybody loves it it's a, it's a big success but like there's also a different perspective right mm-hmm. that isn't just isn't being yeah. isn't being shared very much so is this his first movie since ready player one um now i'm forgetting what came first was it the post or ready player one which came because because the post was pretty recent too um i would have to check but i think ready player one was after okay so yeah this is yeah this this must be his first one since then um which i have to say ready player one was uh has to be in the bottom five easily of of spielberg's films (laughs) um a real low point for him um i mean he you Mm -hmm. know he's took some chances there uh thought he had something he didn't um (laughs) yeah this is definitely a uh, much better, much better uh, film. Um, a lot of people are saying it's like a return to form for him because he's had sort of mm-hmm. a week last like decade or so. Um, yeah. It's his first musical that he's ever made. He's been making movies for five decades. And, uh, you know, he's he's he said that he's loved West Side Story since he was 10 years old. So this is like a, you know, a passion project. And it definitely shows like it's a very um, it, it's it's um, you can you can see the the love for for the story and for everything uh, in the film itself. Like he it comes through very clearly yeah so yeah he did a great job with it all things considered but you know there's just concerns that i have out, outside of spielberg that sure that kind of hang over it um but yeah like if you're into musicals and if you have like uh like a love for for west side story um definitely worth checking out i think just you know maybe also being mindful of of some of the ways that uh you know maybe the story could be improved or things need to change beyond the story too i don't know i'm just rambling at this point but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. We can move on. Okay. Um, I guess I'll touch on this since it's like the only thing that was going on in my week. Um, this will be a quick did it all for the Moogle. And hopefully this is the right button. Okay, good. I don't have any um, um, Limp Biscuit stuff prepared. I think that bit ran its course. So Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, uh yeah so final fantasy 14 um the expansion released uh officially on what was it i guess last week yeah the, the this december 7th um and the game is currently so popular and the servers are so congested uh that square enix has decided to suspend new sales of the game <laughs> wow okay <laughs> so unless you are already a uh a paying user 
uh, you cannot buy and play Final Fantasy fourteen. Now, isn't there like a lengthy um, trial of the game? Is that is that um, off limits too? They are now suspending the uh, free trial. Wow. Yes. Okay, that's pretty incredible. To, to, I, don't, to, I don't think I've ever heard of something like this happening. Um, if I read the language correctly, they're suspending it to new users. So if you were already on the free trial mm-hmm. and had signed in, uh, I think you're still good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I honestly don't know who the hell is on the free trial and sitting through these fucking queues to play almost decade old content <laughs> yeah. um like i just don't see how you would think that would be worth it uh, even if it, you're playing something that's free um and especially because people on the free trial were uh being deprioritized intentionally in the queue mm-hmm. for uh paying users so they could play the expansion um so yeah this is pretty wild uh the whole meme about the free trial and level 60 up to heaven's ward blah 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 blah. uh no restrictions on game time uh is sort of dead at this point wow uh because it was too popular um and previously like in the summer they actually ran out of keys on steam for the game mm-hmm. and i think i mentioned this before so like it was basically sold out digitally on steam for a while until they could generate more keys amazing um so yeah so now they are completely suspending new purchases of the game um and if you were on an older expansion uh they're still selling the expansions for you to upgrade and continue playing um and like upgrades to like if you wanted to upgrade to the collector's edition of any of those expansions for digital bullshit uh that's that's still available but like the starter edition and just outright buying endwalker uh is a no-go right now (laughs) they shut it off wow um and they also said that they had to now because of this they're stopping advertising uh so they have to pull they have to they have to pull their ads um i've never heard of anything they, like this it's it's crazy and so they said like due to like ad buying space or whatever like there might still be some ads that come out but like they're suspending new ads as well and it makes sense it doesn't make sense to advertise for a game that you cannot actually actively buy could they maybe go the route of like anti-advertising where it's like they put out ads saying like like how bad this game is you shouldn't play it stay away from it um I mean, they're just being very public about it, like how like, yeah, hey, just like try to deter, so deter people from 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 trying it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and meanwhile, uh, they considered delaying the upcoming patches like there's going to be a patch on Tuesday that introduces the normal raids um, and some other content. Uh, and they considered delaying it because they weren't sure if enough people were able to play the story of the expansion yet just mm-hmm. because they couldn't log in. Um but then they said that that would sort of screw up the balance of the following raid series and uh, basically the gearing system because they're introducing the um, latest ways to get gear with these upcoming patches. And um, they're they're concerned that uh, people will get screwed over if they're doing the Savage Raid in the new year, um, like like trying to be world first to, to beat it. And they have login issues. They're concerned about that. But they said that it would be uh, delaying that patch would then cascade and delay everything else and so they don't want to do that um but yeah it's it's a crazy situation um the the biggest problem has not been the queue for me it's been error 2002 which basically boots you out of the queue and you have to log in again uh very quickly in order to see if you can get your old place back in the queue it gives you like maybe a minute and a half 
to log back in. Is it named and Error 2002 because uh, when that error happened, you just go and play RuneScape? Like it's 2002? Um, a little bit because that's that's what I've done a couple times. <laughs> um, and they said they originally said that Error 2002 uh, is caused whenever the the queue, which can originally could hold 10,000 people, um, they addressed it and added backup servers to allow 17,000 people to queue. They originally said that you could see the error whenever the queue was completely full or if you had a bad connection and packet loss. Um, and people immediately called bullshit and said, no, connection's fine. Packet loss isn't going to do anything to this. Um, so then it turns out after further investigating, uh, it's, an, it's a bug caused by their login servers dating all the way back to 1.0. Um, and so they have they fixed that and this is what's coming on Tuesday in addition to the, um, the content in the patch. They're saying that now 2002 should be, you know, should not happen anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll see because they said that they fixed some errors previously and 2002 is still popping up. So hopefully this fixes it because the queue is whatever. You just got to sit there. But the fact that you have to babysit it and see if you got kicked out in order to log back in uh, is really the pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this will alleviate uh, those issues. But I, ju I just think it's so crazy that they had to stop selling the game because it was too popular. Yeah, that is wild. Like it is the um, holiday season. It is uh, <laughs> Christmas yeah, is right yeah. around the corner. Right. It's incredible. Um, and they're not selling their game anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess they, can, they, they can't they can be too mad about it because this is, like, probably more success than they imagined, right, or prepared for, so. Right, right. So, um, I think they'll be fine yeah. for money. Uh, the other thing is that they originally, whenever there were uh, login issues at launch, they originally gave seven free days of subscription for free. Um, now they've decided to give an additional 14 days. So, if you have an active account as of like December 20th or something, they said, uh, you get 21 days of free subscription, um, which is something, mm -hmm. you know, uh, especially because like I haven't had the the issue. Like I got hit with 2002 and 4004 was the really bad one because that wouldn't even let you into the queue. That was a frustrating uh, evening for me. It sounds twice as bad as, as 2002. It, it was. It was because it wouldn't let you queue to even get kicked out. It would just keep kicking you back to the title screen. Um, but it was very annoying. Uh, so yeah, they, they're giving away 14 or 21 days total now of game time and that's fine. That's not a nice gesture or whatever. It's you know, they're going to lose out on a little bit of sub money. Uh, but it seems like th the sales of this expansion, they're going to be more than fine. But the, the nice gesture that I appreciate is that they're giving away this game time and they're also, uh, extending, um, the additional services. There are um, NPCs you can hire in the game called retainers, mm -hmm. and they basically act as your storage and your way to sell things onto the market board. Um, and so without paying any money, you get two of them uh, in game. And um, if you pay for uh, additional retainers, it's like $2 a month for each additional retainer. Um, so you might think if they're giving away game time, it's like, well, you still got to pay for your retainer services. Uh, they said, no, we're also giving you free retainer services. Uh, during the 21 days, which is actually a good gesture. So it's not like they're trying to, I mean, they are trying to keep player retention by giving game time, but they're not also trying to like nickel and dime um, based on that situation. Right. You know? Right. Um, so I think that's a, a good gesture. Yeah, it sounds um, like it. I mean, it sounds like they're doing the best they can, right? 
They are, yeah, and they just keep saying, like, every every announcement ends with, like, hey, we'd love to add new servers and new worlds. Uh, we physically can't. We cannot get the components. We cannot get the server racks that meet our specifications yet, uh, and we will keep you updated. The, the next update they said for that will be at the end of January, Well, they'll, they'll have a roadmap for adding new servers. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, because it's, cause it's, it, it is easy to say, like, oh, we'll just add more servers. Well, it's like, well, if you can't, then you know you got to get more creative you got to figure out a different solution are people actually like um, reaching out and telling them to add news like they haven't thought of that yeah well like if you if you like go onto the like twitter replies oh god you know. twitter replies are the absolute worst yeah yeah i've been course. i so follow them like people, uh, for for nhl which has been struggling as well um for different reasons but and like every no matter what uh the nhl um the ea nhl uh social media account posts like it's just complaints down the board right yeah. Same thing every usually, time. Usually Final Fantasy fourteen is there'll be a couple people upset that they can't play the game and they'll say something like, Why can't you just add more servers? Mm -hmm. Um and then the rest of the, the replies are usually um just thank you for all the hard work, we support you, blah 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 blah. It's okay. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. just like telling this to the social media manager <laughs> that might see it. Uh, which hey that's better so. than the alternative of what you usually get so. it is but it but it's it's very it's it, to me it gets over the top and gets to be very like cloying mm -hmm. um it's like okay all right like they're not they're not actually your friend no they're just they're just outwardly a better facing development team than most um <laughs> like that's 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 basically it yeah uh so at least they're not adding fucking nfts Oh God! Do you see the stalker thing? Um, I I saw that there was some controversy, and now they're they've decided not to include NFTs in the game. Yeah, yeah. So stalker two, they announced that they were going to add uh, NFTs for like you could for NPCs or something, and you could put yourself into the game. Mm -hmm. Um, via blockchain NFT something or other something something. Give us money. Um. It did make sense. People were very upset, uh, especially like if you're if you're a fan of Stalker, you know, you're like a hardcore Russian FPS person. Like, you know, like it's uh, mm -hmm. so like you don't want that kind of bullshit anywhere near, you know, it's like a step further than microtransactions. It is. It is it's lousy. Yeah. Um. So they originally tried to explain that this was they're they're an independent team and this was they were trying to get funds to finish the game basically mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um because even though they have uh an exclusivity deal with microsoft like microsoft does not own them uh you know and is not funding the development in that way i'm sure they got money for the exclusivity but they're not like actively funding the development of the game and so they're like yeah we thought this would be a way to uh make more money like fu like fund, fund didn't the i game. see that i think i saw um, that game's coming to game pass it is wow yeah. okay you think microsoft yeah. would be supporting that better yeah i mean i guess they're just you know if they're if they're not funding it and they're not owned by microsoft it's sort of like yeah okay you can make your own decisions and in a way that's sort of refreshing mm -hmm. uh that microsoft is not getting involved like with like the development development of uh games that they're partnering with they're just you know paying money for them to be on game pass right um but then also now there's the, the, this controversy surrounding the game and so they had that message up about how like hey this is like to fund the game uh and which made it seem like they were still going to do it uh they quickly deleted that and were like all right we hear you. Uh, <laughs> we're not doing this. 
Um, Which is good. Good response. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing was in the deleted thing was like, um, well, this this won't impact, you know, th these are just single player basically modifications. So this won't impact another player's experience mm -hmm. if you if you buy the NFT characters or put yourself into the game. I still don't understand what the what, what you were actually buying if you were doing this. It, it was not clear. Um, it was just a lot of buzzwords, NFT, blockchain, blah, 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 blah. Sure. You know, uh, like, yeah, this won't, this won't impact another player's experience. And some people are like, well, like, well, wait, well, if they have NPCs that I don't, how is that like, so now I'm not getting something that should be in the game or what is this? Like it didn't, it didn't make sense. Um, and it was just trying to downplay what they were doing while also still going ahead. And so then that was quickly deleted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, oh shit, this didn't, this didn't help. This didn't help. People don't like this. Uh, Maybe they could um, borrow the uh, Final Fantasy marketing department since they have nothing to do right now. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, no ads. Um, and it's funny too, because I've seen a lot of fucking ads for the expansion. Um, and that, that might just be, you know, algorithms and cookies following me and seeing all my shit. But uh, there have been a lot of ads for Endwalker. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on in 14 right now. Yeah, that's uh, wild. That is wild. It really is. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, this happens every time uh, we take a break and then I open Twitter. Um, so there's this trending thing, Robert uh, F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, no. Uh, who Who is anti-vax, because why not, um, is blaming his wife who is actor Cheryl Hines from Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, for invitations to a holiday party at his home that told people they had to be vaccinated or tested for COVID before they showed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, who knew that they were married? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's news to me. Yeah. All right. That's a wild one. Speaking of um, uh, speaking of anti anti vax, uh, can we talk about Eric Clapton for a second? Sure, 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 sure. Did you see this the story yesterday? Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, so um, this is a Stereo Gum article. Uh, Eric Clapton successfully sued a woman who tried to sell a bootleg CD on eBay. Yeah, wasn't it for like eleven dollars? Yeah, so uh, yeah, the she CD. she posted. It says she posted the CD for sale on eBay and asked for um, uh, nine pounds and, and ninety five. Uh, is, is it cents or like what's the what's the uh, when you're talking about pounds? What is the like? Um, oh, uh, 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 pence. Oh, right, isn't it pence? pence? Okay, so so nine pounds and ninety five Mike pences. Um, or about yeah. eleven. Yeah, eleven dollars and twenty cents. Um, and the woman she claims that she had no idea she was infringing copyright. Um, and that her late husband had bought the CD at a department store in 1987. <laughs> um, and what's sad about okay. what's sad about this story? Well, there's a number of things, but uh, Eric Clapton actually won. <laughs> of course. And, uh, yeah. And so, according to the ruling, this woman will have to um, pay court costs for for both sides, uh, which adds up to um, thirty four hundred pounds. Um, and then, if she continues to try and sell the CD, uh, she'll either be fined two hundred and fifty thousand pounds or face six months in prison. Um, yeah. So, uh huh. So, so this was just a, a bootleg CD. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if if this story says exactly what the CD is. I, I assume maybe it was like a bootleg of like a live concert, you know, that somebody taped or something like that from the uh-huh. 19 freaking 80s. Um, yeah, it's a live recording CD. That's right. It was a live recording CD of a Clapton concert that was taped in the 80s. So it's not even like a bootleg of like one of his studio albums. It's it's a live a live concert. Um, Does he go after people that put clips of him on YouTube? Yeah, that's a good question. What's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. I guess the fact that she's selling it. But can you mon- can you be monetized on YouTube and w- with that type of thing? If if you aren't like dinged yes, for the copyright, the same yeah, thing. you probably make more money doing that. Um, yeah, this is ridiculous. Like this is so petty. He seems to be a very yeah. petty person. He seems to be a Absolutely. piece of shit. Um, honestly, like, it, it's, he's so ungrateful because, like, here you have somebody who actually still wants to listen to your music. Right. <laughs> like, I honestly, I was surprised that people that still want to listen to Eric Clapton, there's still people who are alive because he's releasing these anti-lockdown and anti-vaccine protest songs. And so you got to mm-hmm. figure, you know, the uh, mortality rate of... Eric Clapton uh, fans right now is not not the best. Um, I don't know. It uh, he's ridiculous. Like he's he's anti-vax. Like th- there are so many levels of anti-vax, but he's anti-vax in one of the stupidest ways because he his whole deal is that he had a reaction to the vaccine. And didn't he so get the shitty AstraZeneca one yeah. that was like pulled from being used too? I, probably. But the thing is, is that he has some kind of condition where they said he should not mm-hmm. get the vaccine because of it, because he might mm-hmm. have a reaction. And then he did. And so that's the vaccine's fault. Brilliant. That he was he was warned not to get the vaccine and then got it. You know what the name of his uh, anti-lockdown song with Van Morrison is called? It's called Do You Want to Be a Slave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those are the same. Those are the same thing. He's also incredibly racist. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole <laughs> thing. He's, he's had a history there. Um, <laughs> Oh, God. I could almost do a deep dive the way we talked know, about uh, John Mayer recently. Um, he's probably... He's, yeah, John he's Mayer's worse, not actually. at least um, spouting off anti-vax shit, at least as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. No, he's too busy. Um, uh, oh, he's too God. busy on TikTok. <laughs> or he's too busy fending off the Taylor yeah. Swift fans. Are they, are they still going after him? No, they've moved on to better oh, okay. things. They, uh, yeah. you, know, you don't want to waste oh, too much yeah, time yeah. on that guy. Yes, yeah, so I, was, was, I thought that was. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. What was the, what's um, the Anthony Jeselnik bit about uh, Clapton's kid falling out the window? Oh God! It's like he was <laughs> like, oh yeah, know. he's a curious little tyke or something like that. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I wonder if Eric Clapton's ever seen um, Antichrist. I just saw, I just saw something about that the other day where uh, for that movie Antichrist with Willem Dafoe, they had to use a stunt dick. For the for the for really? the um yeah for the close up of the uh, penetration uh and uh oh, I don't remember said, penetration. oh come on it was the first ten seconds of that film I was too distracted by the baby falling no it happens before that because I didn't Dude, even get I that guess. far no, okay. I saw what I thought was Willem Dafoe's dick so what is a a stunt dick is it just somebody else it's just somebody else. Because according to Von Trier, uh, uh, Willem Dafoe's dick is too big, and it it, it was like, like quote unquote hmm. like confused people because Conf- of how big it is. Confused people, so they couldn't in what they way? couldn't film it. It, it <laughs> he did not he did not elaborate on that part. <laughs> so so to minimize audience confusion, they could not use Willem Dafoe's actual dick because uh, okay. he was very game apparently to. To to so so there's like cutting room footage floor I guess of the Willem Dafoe penetration. Where's the where's the where's the Willem Dafoe cut? Uh, 
<laughs> well, is he? Oh, that, or is that, he that's not? That's a good question. Know. That's a, these are the these are the questions that need to be answered. Um, yeah, so I don't know why that was crossing my feed this week, but uh, yeah, I guess because of Spider Man. <laughs> Oh, is he? Is he in that? I don't know. Is he? Is he? Is he in it? Because they're because I thought they're bringing all the old people back from the Tobey Maguire shit. Oh, okay. Is that thing. what they're doing? I think so. I saw that it made fifty million dollars on preview <laughs> sure. night, which I mean, cool, but like it's kind of depressing. I saw a commercial only... for it, and it's it's like, yeah, order order your tickets now. It's it's, de- it's, it's like, really? depressing that like you have it's to... depressing to me that that's the only type of movie that can succeed as a yeah. Office, you got to pre order right? tickets to see fucking Spider Man. Like that's yeah, that's rough. unfathomable to me. I don't think I ever pre-ordered a movie ticket in my life. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, we missed. Um, shit, what is this? Nope, wrong one. We missed. Um, or I guess I missed a. Uh, it doesn't add up mini from last week. I forgot I had the screenshot that I took, and uh, it was not where everything else was stored. Um, now this one might be the start of a, a new cult. It reads to me. Um, I am going to read the whole thing because it's. It's tremendous. Um, so I think this was also from the Conspiracy 2 subreddit. But um, I know Kung Fu. After more than 12 years of reading, watching, observing, learning, collecting, processing, discerning, cataloging, understanding, unlearning, despair, depression, dead ends, eureka moments, after riding the Dunning-Kruger waves, and after digging myself into unenumerated rabbit tunnel networks, something changed deeply inside my brain chemistry. It felt similar to the sound of the archdemon from the mines of Moria coming back to life again. Uh, to, l- to learn is to live, to study is to grow, and growth is the measurement of life. The mind must be taught to think, the heart to feel, and the hands to labor. When these have been educated to their highest point, then is the time to offer them to the service of their fellow men, not before. And this is a quote apparently from Manly P. Hall in Self-Unfoldment by Disciplines of Realization. And then this post goes on. I may very well be the last radical idealist, but hear this. I've decided to embark on the Sisyphean task of forming an open society, welcoming any critical thinker that has a hard-on for any or all of the following activities. Surveying the edges of culture and perception, collecting information and acquiring wisdom, fucking with the writers of reality, hacking the culture, performing social disruptions, and other counterculture-specific stuff. Hacking the culture sounds like the... um Something from, like, the really bad promotional material for the first season of Mr. Robot. <laughs> yeah, our democracy's been hacked. Yeah. Uh, the main purpose is to research, organize, verify the sources in order to ensure maximum credibility, <laughs> and finally deliver them to the masses. It's time we distribute the unspoken truths we all know about the masses and catalyze change. Knowledge and wisdom are to be shared, not hoarded. If you didn't learn these things in order to demonstrate them in practice, what did you learn them for? This will be a self-organized collective with no central authority, which will try to create ripples of change in society by implying, implying, I guess it's supposed to be employing, employing subversion tactics such as stencil art, mimetic warfare, Dadaist pranks, USB stick dropping, creating videos and articles with original content, and many more activities that are needed to wake people up and make them aware of the control matrix. If anyone is interested, drop me a PM and I'll invite you to the Discord and soon private IRC channel if we compare notes and discuss solutions. There is no name yet, and my interests are as pure as they come. Service to others. Thank you. They're always talking about the Matrix. And they stole that last line from The Hunger Games. I guess so, yeah. Um, Well, they also dropped Lord of the Rings with the fucking Minds of Moria reference. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think they've just seen too many movies, is what what it comes down to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we we need to show people some stuff, and so I was like, so let's do some fucking flash mobs or something. Like, what... 
Where are these, uh, where are these USB drives? I don't know. Happening? They're just dropping USB sticks around. I don't know if that's like to give people USB sticks <laughs> or like like what is what is on the USB stick? Like what? I don't know. Yeah, if it's like are you, meant USB, to, are you meant to compile your own data and put them on these sticks or are they are I don't know. Like secret if you saw a USB stick like on the sidewalk, would you bother picking that up? Cuz no. I would not. I would not. That's like, I don't know what the uh, fuck's on there. It's like injecting. It's like willfully injecting yourself with a, a virus. You know. Yeah. It's like you have like, no I don't know idea. What the fuck is on there? Yeah, exactly. And the fact that it's like on the street, I would think like it was broken and somebody like tossed it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but if also, you, like, but if you know, like if you're in the know, then you know what you're looking for. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're looking for that Kingston USB. Um, so yeah, like creating videos and articles with original content. This sounds like just such a, the weirdest way to get people to work for a website for free. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need people that like want to make articles with original content. It's like, all right, man, are you creating a content farm or are you like trying to, you know, hack the system or whatever the fuck uh, by doing memetic warfare? It's like it just makes me feel like you're gonna start doing flash mobs. Like that's the only it's thing. It's the I can logical think of. conclusion. Except like like Banksy, yeah, like Banksy flash mobs to, to wake people up. It's like other counterculture stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dropping USB sticks. Um, so yeah, so that was the quick. It doesn't add up mini I have for this week. Uh, yeah, a lot of these seem to have quite a few things in common. Yeah, like there's always a matrix. There's always uh, there's always this one person who um, has discovered the secret, you know, and they spend about. 10 paragraphs um, <laughs> talking about, you know, something that could be summed up in like two sentences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the new trend, as we saw with that blog spot, and then this is to like, be like, yeah, I'm not special. I'm just, a, I'm just a dude. Um, when they clearly want to be seen as like oh, totally. this leader messiah figure anyway, mm-hmm. even though they claim they don't want to be. Um, so yeah, I oh, got yeah. some big cult oh, yeah. vibes from that one. Um, just really dorky. Why? Because they like Lord of the Rings? That's not that's not cool. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> no, no, no. Just like No. No, that's actually not the dorky part. The dorky part is like how we're gonna do mimetic warfare and Dadaist pranks. It's like, okay, man, sure. Are you gonna are you gonna do collage art? Like what what is a Dadaist prank? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Um, yeah. I'll have to dive back in. Oh, I'm sure. Let's see what else I could find for uh some It's an ongoing episodes. story. I mean, before we get, is that, that's, you had nothing else, right? Did you? Okay. Cause I did want to, I did want to quickly, uh, pitch an idea for, for next week. Um, so I, I believe looking at the calendar that our next episode will be the final one to come out yes. in 2021 or uh, did I, did I no, miss? No, 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 is that correct. coming out in January? <laughs> okay. So, um, I was thinking like, what could we do as far as like, like a year end, like wrap up type thing, right? Like, a li- cause I like lists. I like, I like ranked things. I like, you know, best Buzz of, bus- well, not, not quite oh, okay. Buzzfeed, yeah, but, um, in the spirit though, in that spirit. Um, mm. so I was thinking like, what could we do? And I thought, well, what if we, um, compiled our, a list of like our, our top like five or 10, um, like albums of the year, like our favorite music from, from 2021. Okay. And then like, we could have like a, um, in the show notes, we could make like a Spotify playlist of like, you know, different tracks like compiled from our list and like release that at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. I will have to remember the podcast Spotify login. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a little <laughs> bit like because because you said that like nobody really listens to the show on Spotify. So, uh-huh. but hey, you know yeah. that you know. But I don't know who the hell know. listened to our November episode so many times. I don't know. I don't know who the hell you are. Um, 
but hi. Hi, yeah, feel free to, <laughs> to make yourself known if you, if you want to. Because uh, that episode had a high number of downloads for some reason, and I, I just don't know why. Well, relatively um, high. For us, yeah. For <laughs> us. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, because I figure like I figure like um, you know we're doing the movie thing, so we couldn't really do like and, and so many uh, of the year's films still haven't been released because the way like the Oscars calendar is and all that. Mm-hmm. And like I've hardly watched any TV this yeah, year. Yeah, no, me too. Um, and like you know books. That's I could I, do I, it for I books. I don't really read. I, you probably like current new like releases yeah like new releases often. Mm-hmm. So I figure music's um, probably the best. Yeah, the best way I to think go. so too. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. So yeah, all right. So we're doing that next week. Something to look forward to. Um, but anyway, we should probably um, we, we should probably end the show. Up, right? yeah, yeah, over two hours. Um, magical silence deleting edits. Don't fail me now. Yeah, uh, seriously. I couldn't believe it. Last time it took off twenty five minutes. It's like how how in between all of this is there twenty five minutes of silence? Because it feels like we talked the entire time. But I don't know. It finds a way. It finds it a way. Does it. And if you need to trim down it's the West magical. Side Story, you can do that too. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least he didn't call uh, Ansel Elgort uh, toxic uh, this time. No, but he so. is though. <laughs> that's a de- like that's a good it, definition. Of- is it? I just think he's an abusive piece of shit. And I don't that's know if not that's a, toxic. Well, that's not a I toxic don't know. thing. I, when people say like toxic, they usually think like a bad personality that like you know infects your mindset or something like that. You know, it's like. Oh, you got to cut out the toxic people in your life. Oh, okay. You know, like that kind of thing. Well, that makes toxicity sound more um, like benign than what that's what that's, is. That's what I'm saying. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah he's got yeah. credible uh, sexual abuse allegations against him. Like it's, yeah, that goes, that goes it's beyond. It's a step above. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should just uh, stop using the word period because I clearly yeah, can't yeah, nail go. down when it's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to the system of a down and then maybe it'll... Uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Toxicity in our city. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's get out of here. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, Check out next week. Uh, We got movie discussion, and then we're going to be running down some top albums of the year. Now, can you do 10, or are you going to do, like, what do you think? Uh, Because I can do 10. I know you could do, I could probably do 10. I could figure it out. I can do 10 and then some notable mentions. Cool. Yeah. Probably. I'm sure we'll have some overlap. Yeah. I know you've got Taylor Swift um, pretty high on the list. That's so. right. That's right. Um, now that I've deeply analyzed her lyrics. Now, um, I've been struggling whether to include Taylor Swift because this is technically a, a re-recording of, a, of an older album, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of unreleased tracks on it as well. And well, you could argue that, well, you could argue a number of things, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see uh, which direction I go with that. I know people are they're, really- They're clamoring. They're clamoring. They've been waiting. It, so. We got so many downloads waiting for the next episode. That's right. Mm-hmm. They just keep re-listening. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you next week. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dead End Road, facebook.com slash Dead End Road TV. Uh, do YouTube search for Dead End Road TV. And you can email us literally anything at video at deadendroad.co. Um, also, Dead End Road Publishing is now on Etsy. Uh, so if that's somewhere you like to shop, um, check that out. Uh, same selection. We got the hardcovers and the, the koala plushies uh, and ebooks. Um, and if you're looking for a last minute gift, the ebooks are great. Uh, I, I send you a whole bundle with every format possible, all DRM free. Uh, yeah, so check those out. Um, and also check out the Razor Blade 14 review. It should be live on dinnerup.co by the time this goes up. Um, so if you're in the market for a laptop, that might be an option for you. Uh, so you can read my thoughts on it after testing and playing around with it for a few months now. I go probably too in-depth, <laughs> which is why it took so long to get out. But um, yeah, I talk about uh, like extended battery life tests and uh, I have 
performance benchmarks and uh yeah it's pretty in-depth so uh check that out if you get the chance and i think that's everything let's get the hell out of here yeah all seriously. right we'll see you next week thank you for listening